everyone and welcome to another episode of Unpublished. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we're going to talk about the idea that we feel like we have to justify the fact that we're chasing our creative calling. This thing or phenomenon that I find occurs a lot in creatives lives where we feel like we have to defend our choice to make art and to chase our creative careers. Um, I know personally I've experienced a long time where I was feeling very defensive about my choice to pursue creativity. Yeah, and this is something that you've been talking a lot about on Instagram lately, and I feel like it really resonates with people. I feel like you did you did a poll today, yesterday, and the vast majority of people feel like this is something that they have to do, especially for us unpublished writers. Um, and maybe the situation's a little bit different for you now, Ames, but certainly you have a lot of experience with this mm. problem. Uh, but now, now that you have published work out there, but certainly for someone like me, I feel like I can't really talk to other people. Or I can't really claim the title of artist or I can't even really tell people that this is one of the main things I do with my day. Mm. Um, even though, I mean, theoretically, it only takes me half an hour to an hour every day to do my writing, but it's still like that. It still feels like such an important part of my life that I really can't talk to muggles about. Even people who are close to me who know it, like I still feel, even if they're lovely to me about it. I think it's a lot of it's internal like it's not them it's not their fault it's yeah. literally me being like oh well I've got to somehow justify to them my decision to make art every day yep I think uh, what you said about how it's to yourself a lot of the time is really valid um I polled uh, the creators on my Instagram today and was like you know how do you feel like you have to justify it how do you feel like you have to defend your creativity and for a lot of people, they feel like they have to defend it to themselves. It's their own inner critic that is really harassing them. It is their own internal voice that is saying, you know, how dare you choose to chase your creativity? And I just feel like maybe I'll share some of the excuses and the ways that we defend ourselves. Um, they're really far reaching. We, we go to such extreme lengths to try and justify our choice to chase our creative calling. Um, for me personally, I used hustle to justify my commitment to creativity when I wasn't making much money off of it, when I, um, you know, wasn't well known, I wasn't connecting. I justified the fact that I was doing what I was doing by exhausting myself, you know, and I would work ridiculously long hours that were really not beneficial to me um, in order to look legitimate. So even if I hadn't got a publishing contract, even if I was in debt, even if I looked like a failed artist, at least I could say, uh, well, I was working really, really hard at trying to change that and I was exhausted and burnt out. And, it, and I thought that meant that that could in some way legitimize me. Um, and a lot of people resonated with that. But there's so many ways that creatives choose to, to try and defend their choices. And that looks like, oh, um, you know, it's not serious. I'm not taking it seriously. It's just a hobby. Um, oh, I have to do it. This was an interesting one. I have to do it for my mental health. Like it's much more to do with like sustaining my mental health than because I actually want it. I mean, I think to go back a step from the mental health angle and back towards the hustle angle, mm. it's just making art is so removed from the core capitalist ideal of work and therefore to feel like we're allowed to participate in society and make art we have to try and jam creativity back into the capitalist hole mm. that we're kind of removing ourselves from yeah and therefore we have to invent stories that look very much like an ordinary job or an ordinary capitalist story mm. of work in order to justify it and you know it means that 
we end up doing making mistakes like we end up pushing ourselves too hard in our creativity because we want to mirror mirror what we would be doing in a nine-to-five job or in a uh in regular full-time employment even if we don't have art as our main income stream at the at a point at the point we're at we still have to like whenever we're doing art we have to do it to a point that damages us Mm. so that we can appease the capitalist gods yeah definitely I mean, that was definitely what my narrative was. You know, I looked at everyone that surrounded me. You know, there were no artists in my life. There were no creatives in my life. I looked at every single person around me and I was like, why do I think I'm exempt from, you know, living a normal life? And I just felt so much guilt. And so I was constantly on the defense, constantly trying to justify the fact that I was chasing this very different and, in my opinion, wholesome and joyful life. And I couldn't understand, you know, I just thought it was too audacious of me. I thought I was being so selfish. I thought I was being so indulgent to, to, to chase a life that was full of joy when, when everyone else, you know, just did what they were supposed to do. And that was where that that defense came in. You know, I felt like I had to defend my choices. And we're so used to the reaction, right? Of people being like, oh, really, you're trying to be a writer? Well, <laughs> good luck. Mm. Or really, oh, you're trying to paint? Like, oh, don't quit your day job. Like that we're anticipating that response. Mm. So even if someone is a genuine, lovely person who's going to give us the time, we aren't expecting it. So mm. we all, we automatically just go into our defensive mode. Yeah, I think this is something that all creatives need to be really careful about because I think a lot of us can get really defensive about what it is that we do because we feel like we have to because this is you know part of our self-protection um, because we, we do have to move through a lot of people questioning us, a lot of people not understanding us. And so we have these walls and these defensive responses um, that we feel like are helping us or protecting that inner artist. But in actual fact, I think they can compound on untrue stories and don't allow us to truly settle into um, the fact that our creative calling doesn't need defending and we don't need to justify the fact that we've been called to make art we don't need to defend our lives i mean people don't go i know it's not exactly the same thing but people don't go oh really you're playing golf right now (laughs) well you know justify that to me it's like that's just an acceptable thing people can love golf and people can golf me so much people so much meaning i mean this may literally go over like 99 percent of your head <laughs> i mean to me but golf is an intrinsically frustrating annoying game which i'm seemingly forced to play um but it's just like no one's going oh really well what's your handicap or well what's the bloody point of you going out there and playing golf every mm. week like that's ridiculous it's like you'll never make money playing golf and it's mm. like I know it's not completely the same. No, but I understand that. Right? And it is like... Or you're playing video games. <laughs> you know, well, you don't you know how few people make careers as professional gamers? Yeah. Well, it's like, well, why why with art do people feel the need to say that? Yeah. It's like, just mind your own fucking business. Yeah. Mind your own business. And it's like... And I know a lot of this comes... And as I said earlier, I know a lot of this comes from ourselves. It's like, yeah, well our egos should mind their own business too yeah we need to rewrite this story entirely um i think this comes back to a question that i've actually been considering a lot lately and i've wanted to write about it and i will write about it is this idea of you know why should i get to live the life that i want to live when you know other people have to do you know have to live really hard lives why should i get to live a life of ease and creating and have fun and and do what I want to do when other people are, you know, have no money and they're forced to, you know, work really hard at jobs that they hate. Like, why should I be allowed to chase creativity in a world full of pain? I think off this is often what it comes back to. Yeah, and so it's a guilt. So it's guilt. It's guilt. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of us, it's guilt. 
um, and I mean, this is a really big and complex conversation, and there's a lot of answers well, to it's it. It's fine. It's funny because it's either guilt or it's like resentment or something. Well, not resentment. I don't want to say that. It's or it's like either guilt or it's like or someone goes, well, I can't actually find the time to, to create, mm. and therefore I feel like really stressed about the question or really feel really stressed about talking about it. It's like almost two ends of the of the spectrum. Yeah, it is. But the guilt one's really interesting. And uh, when I was speaking to people today about it on my Instagram, uh, this came up a lot. Like, why why, why should I be able to do this when other people can't? Um, why should I be able to have a life that's, you know, full of art when other people don't have that option? And that guilt often leads us to being very defensive. That guilt just leads us to being really, like, um, trying to justify our creative choices all the time. And we need to reframe that question completely. We need to understand that by doing what it is that we love and by chasing our creative calling, like it is an incredibly generous and brave and beautiful thing to do. And that it gives other people permission to chase that art. And that the waste, like the profound waste and like something's just so unholy about the idea of you having an opportunity to chase your art but you choosing not to because not everybody can like there's something so wrong with that situation i also think we need to like a lot of this comes down to the unpublished versus published dynamic where it's like if you're published you're valid and if you're unpublished you're not valid and it's like the the different especially traditionally published or your uh, gatekeepers have approved of you you know to think about mine and Amy's journey, the gatekeepers have never approved of Amy and the gatekeepers have never given Amy anything. And that even though she's making more money than most published authors do every year from her writing, like directly from her writing, it's still not seen as something that's as valid because there's just this overwhelming um, narrative. And I remember I was today I was reading this really snarky article in the New York Times about, it's called The Kidney Story. And it's about this woman who basically and donated a kidney to someone this unpublished author who donated a kidney to someone and her other friend who was an unpublished author wrote the story of her donating a, a kidney to a stranger and then that short story got published and it was like the New York Times was just so snarky about this woman being this unpublished author and how kind of like they were painting her as this sad person who like writes on the side and it's like well look at me I'm a New York Times writer and I'm a real writer look at this poor woman who like you know, she's so sad. She just donates a kidney and then she gets snarky about her friend who, pu- who got a published story. And it's like, there's just such a main, there's just such a divide between so theoretically the haves and the have nots. Mm. And we're in such an old world attitude. It's such an old traditionalist attitude. It's like, hello. Yeah. I mean, it completely. I mean, if we haven't got permission from those above, we just feel so much press pressure to try and justify our choices. If we haven't been given permission, we feel this overwhelming pressure to have to justify the fact that we gave ourselves permission, you know, and who gave ourselves permission to give ourselves permission. Like, you know, there's so much of that narrative that goes around and around and it's really enforced by society who continually uh, try to enforce this very traditionalist, very aging, very like it's going out of date belief that we need permission to chase our creative callings. And I think that's a really like astute observation, James, like a part of the reason why I was so defensive about choosing to make art, you know, I would lie about it. I would, you know, the stories that I would come up with to try and keep myself feeling safe because internally I hated myself for choosing to to create. I think that was really the problem. Fuck, I really lost my train of thought there. That's okay. I really, like, went on. I just thought about how much I hated myself for choosing to create art. And it just was such an overwhelming feeling because... Oh, I was talking about permission. Because I hadn't had permission. And I just felt so 
powerless and so embarrassed that I had chosen to do this on my own. And, you know, it's just no wonder that we feel like we have to justify ourselves. But I just want to introduce this new narrative that there's just something really, truly holy and powerful when you are called to make art, um, you know, um, however that journey looks for you. But I, I mean, I want to speak to people who, who want to make this their profession because that was me. Like, if you want to do this in a career kind of way, like, I'm just so proud of you and I love you so much and I and I respect that calling so deeply and I just want you to know that you don't have to justify yourself in any way. Like, you've been called. It's kind of like, you know, in religious spaces when, you know, if someone chooses to become a monk, it's a calling. They've just been called and they just, they go do, they yeah. go do it. Like, that's how I see what we have been called to do. I think that we need to um, really talk about boundaries as well. It's like, what who do you choose to reveal this part of yourself to mm. and who do you not? And I think something that's interesting is that often other artists in traditional spaces like if you're in a writing course or an mfa they're like the worst people to talk about this shit with like mm. they're the ones who almost you, feel like you have lies. to justify yourself the most to mm. even though they're the ones who should be the most sympathetic and they're the ones who should be the kindest to you it's still like oh you you are so worried about seeming you're you they themselves are so worried about seeming you know lazy for doing their art that there's just these sort of circle jerks of that's a really good point james i think you know we often uh, bag out muggles people who are choosing not to follow their creativity um as people who won't understand us and commit to misunderstanding us but i think actually a lot of the time we're going to be most hurt and most vulnerable around other creatives who haven't got their shit sorted out whose stories are consuming them and i know you know especially in circles like what james was just saying and like you know, like I've been to writing courses where I'm speaking to other writers and they're so engaged with this idea that they, you know, aren't legitimate until someone picks them. Um, you know, they need approval from, you know, the gatekeepers and their stories and the way that they see the world really impacts me because it reinforces that narrative really strongly. And we need to be really careful about letting artists and bitter artists, fuck, I've met some really, really, really bitter authors in my time and their stories really impact me, especially when they're further down the road than me. And I see how angry and bitter they are and i think fuck like i mean especially when you know we should be intimately aware of how long and difficult the journey can be and we can we should be so compassionate to each other we mm. should be so kind to each other and we should be the first people to be like oh you know you don't have to rush through this you don't have to you know tear yourself down you can take this so you can take this gently you can um do this however you want to and in whatever way works for you. You don't have to justify to us how you're choosing to write, how you're choosing to make to paint, how you're choosing to do get your film off the ground. Like, yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. Like, we shouldn't be we should be the ones who know. Yeah, we shouldn't be judging one another for however we're choosing to to go on this journey. Yeah, that's so true. But um, I like this idea and this conversation of boundaries, and I think it is really important. Like, there are some people who you will just not want to talk about the fact that you are creatively called um, and that's legitimate. Um, I think spending time trying to justify yourself to these people, trying to defend yourself to these people is a waste of energy for you. Um, and I have people in my life who I just don't talk about what I do because it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. And you're allowed to have those boundaries. Um, I think that we just need to figure out who is there to support us and who is there going to validate whatever it is that we've chosen to do and who do we feel like we need to justify ourselves to. And it was probably worth questioning whether it's 
a them problem or a you problem because so often we project especially in a vulnerable situation like this when we feel so vulnerable and you know maybe not quite okay with our choice to, to chase creativity um, when we meet someone else we often you know might project stuff onto them we need to be careful of that and ask ourselves serious questions like is this a them thing or a you thing but it is still very okay to protect this part of yourself um, especially from people who you know will not understand yeah absolutely I mean like you just have to be so careful of your energy in mm. this situation you have to be so aware that there are yeah as amy says people out there who are committed to misunderstanding you and it's not and also just do it without judgment like it's not your mum's fault that mm. she thinks you should be an accountant that's you know it's a combination of environmental and genetic factors that aren't super in her control mm. uh it's not especially not your, it's not your grandma's fault definitely like, i mean th- when i think about my grandparents and how unable and we talked about this before unable to understand what amy and i do they are it's just like of course uh, you can't, have, I'm not angry at them. It's like, of course. Have we ever told the story of Vita talking about my journaling course? I think so. Oh my god, it's She's my like, favorite story. Why anyone would want? Sorry, I'm trying to do her Eastern European accent. I <laughs> why anyone would want to do this? I don't know. <laughs> it's just to our face. Like, <laughs> why would anyone want no to do judgment. this? No judgment. She's like, she doesn't like. She's not trying to be mean. She's just literally just telling us like she has no inability. To, she has no filter. And she just tell, why would anyone want to do this, Amy? And like it was, I didn't take absolutely any offense. Like that woman is hilarious. Like I knew she was. It wasn't a personal judgment. It's just really hard for um, older generations to understand this very new world that we're living in, and that so many creatives are taking advantage of. Yeah, I was just thinking today about how hard I still find telling people what we do. I have no, I still have no words to describe. I, what I we have do. no words. Like I've been doing this for so long. I have no words. I never know how to explain what it is that we do. I hate being asked we're what not, we've been up to. We're not traditional writers. We're not traditional podcasters. We're not traditional influencers. Like it's like a weird It is We're not coaches. Like it's like some kind of bleh job. It's an Amy and James thing. Yeah. Fuck, I hate how you have to always People just are like, how do you make your money? That's literally what they're asking you. And like, then you well, have to describe pe- it. Well, you get you out go on our website. It's like, you just go on our website. I feel like I need to get Pe- out of People are going to our website chart. and they're clicking the buy button. And then that money goes into our bank account. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? It's just like you'd buy something from a shop, friend. I think this comes back to this idea. Like, you don't have to be explainable. You don't have to be easily palatable. You don't have to make a lot of sense. Like, the world is shifting and changing in so many ways. And... Life is looking really different, particularly for creatives who want to get, you know, take advantage of this really shifting world. And that means that your life is going to look really different to how people's lives have looked before. And you don't have to explain that. And you don't have to make it an easy, packageable, consumable sentence for people. And I think I've spent so long trying to find a good sentence to describe what it is that I do. And it's just I'm like, you know, writing bios is a fucking nightmare for me. I'm like, I am creating what I want to create (laughs) and I don't know how to make that a consumable bio and I feel like we all just need permission to not make sense to not need to be you know neatly packaged you know I'm not an I'm not just an author I'm so much more than that um and that's really okay and I shouldn't need to defend that yeah 100% I think like for those of you who aren't writing full-time and who creativity isn't your source of income as well it's like it's totally okay for you to one protect yourself by telling people that you just love to write i mean that is fine I'm, create you're you very very biased towards so writers it's, it's literally my i think it's my autism my inability to like comprehend people lack don't. of theory of mind <laughs> um and 
it's totally okay just to tell people that you just love to create. Like you can protect yourself like that, even if it. I mean, it's sometimes it's just not worth the pain. Mm. And also, even if you are someone who makes money from it, just know. Or if you don't make money, just know. For even if you were suddenly making a million dollars a year from it, people would still be like, really confused. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you'd you'd feel like you had to justify the fact that you were making a million. Dollars yes, a year it's never build, ending. Yeah. It's never ending. Yes. Yeah, I just want everyone to feel seen and to know that you are. So it is. You are so justified in chasing this calling. It is for you. This is your journey. It is so legitimate. For me, the place I love to to write about this, to talk about this, is in my journal, and I just every few weeks when I feel when I feel the doubt, when I feel like the crushing like overwhelming feeling that I'm never going to get a novel of mine published I go to my journal and I say you are a writer you are someone who is going to keep writing no matter what because you love it and irrespective of whether any of your novels get picked up you are the sort of person who writes every day you are the sort of person who writes every day so don't worry about it because you're just going to keep writing Mm. and I just I talk to myself in my journal and it's such a low pressure place where I can mother myself <laughs> someone sneakily done Amy's journaling course I was there when it was by filmed. osmosis I love that you use that for, like in that space dreams like I think it, you're right like the journal can be such a beautiful place to coach ourselves in this and to rewrite those narratives uh, I mean, just literally writing the words just like James said I think that I think that the and we're stealing this from probably Probably James Clear. I can't exactly remember which of the modern self-help gurus it is, but that the "you are the sort of person" phrase, I love it. It, it it's so good for me. Like, you are the sort of person who, and then that just really helps you step into that identity of like, fuck what everyone else thinks, fuck what my ego thinks. I am the sort of person who writes every day. I love that. And that's the core of it for me. Yeah, I want to invite all of you to take that to the journal. Make a massive list. You are the sort of person that what. Just make lists of things of who I you are. I do feel are. like it's it's useful to crystallize it as well and not have a 20 things that you are. I, I really like it to be a core thing. Like, oh, interesting. Like, I don't want to be the sort of person who does 20 different things. I, I mean, that might... I want. I like it to be something that it's like... The reason I like I am the sort of person who writes every day is because that is my main creative task. If I write every day, I feel like I'm moving towards something. Mm. I feel like I'm... That's satisfying my craving to write that's satisfying my sense of accomplishment it's mm. satisfying my sense of um who i am every day mm. that one thing mm. i love that mm. cool should we leave it at that sure wait 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 <laughs> i really want to just talk briefly um guys about the we need your art course and the journaling course sale that's on at the moment well, it's too late because they won't it'll be done by the time <gasps> it comes out Sorry, guys. But it is on our website now. We do have the option that you can pay for our courses in two installments a month apart. So that shifts the burden a little bit. It does. Yeah. And yeah. we, you know, we always have that standing offer, which I haven't mentioned for ages. But if you leave us a, a review and then you screenshot the review on our podcast and then you send it to me at either support, I think at me.com or on the unpublished Instagram, I'll send you a code for 20% off on anything on Amy's website. Wow. So it won't include... I can't do one for fiction. But, I can't do one for the rules I hold up by no one, but I can do it for anything else. Sexy. I love it. Yeah. I might not have been... Like, that offer might not have... Might have even been in the episodes that I forgot to... Honestly, like, I feel like I've never heard that offer before, but it's... <laughs> it's been like a year and a half since I've it. <laughs> take up on it, guys. And even if you have historically left a review, you can take advantage of that of as well. Of course. 
All right, guys, thank you for being with us. We see you. What you are doing is so legitimate. Like, if the, we see you. James and Amy, I've got your back and we are taking you so seriously. 100%. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye.